everybody. Welcome. It's time for Atomic Radio Hour, the post-nuclear podcast. I'm your host, Vince. I hope you guys are doing well. How are you? You look fantastic. Welcome to this week's episode. Some things to talk about this week. Hope you guys are doing fine. Uh, a lot of things been going on. I've been eating a lot of Waffle House lately, which is never a bad thing. Big fan of the house. Uh, real quick, i just like to say that if you guys like the show in any capacity, consider checking out the Patreon. You could change your, your pledge at any point in time from the $1 tier to the $10 tier. Just go ahead and give it a look-see. But what really, really helps out is just you listening to the show. Uh, as of today, when I got home from work today, I checked out some of my uh, emails that I have for Atomic Radio Hour, and I saw that my podcasting platform has finally offered me the ability to monetize. So by you downloading the podcast and listening to the podcast, there is the opportunity for me to make a little bit of revenue because of because of advertisement so i don't know where it's gonna i literally just got this like just got this email today just set up the account and did everything i had to do today um which was nice because it was all set up through paypal which is the way i have most things set up for the show but uh there's a there's another thing that i have to mess with as well just to see how i uh, how it works i just did the quick thing so if you got an advertisement please let me know. It won't be on YouTube because it's just for the podcasting platform. So if you listen on Spotify, leave a comment. Please, I, please leave a comment and say like, hey, I got this advertisement at this time and it was this. Like, I'm curious to know what the advertisements are. I'm assuming that when I go to upload something, I'll be given the option to say like, you're going to get this amount or it's going to be, we're going to add these things. And I, I'm really curious to know how it works. So please let me know. Uh, what it looks like on your end i'm going to download the episode too just to listen to it and see where it pops up but let me know what you see and what it looks like for you it only took five years guys <laughs> it only took a little over five years but it's finally at the point where money can be made which is a good thing because that means it's more money to go towards paying my dues every year more money to go into new equipment uh, more money into getting maybe a better camera more money into getting i want to get this like really sick um mixer this really dope mixer I want to get that has like sound effects and it'll help me with editing. And I do have a, I do have a stream deck, but I don't know how to implement that into the recording process. But just, if you like this show, please share it with a friend, share it with somebody who you think might like fallout or enjoy my sense of humor or just like me, <laughs> just any, any of that, just, it helps tremendously. There's the rule of 10. I'm not sure if, if, if anybody, I don't even remember where I heard. I think I heard Charlemagne the God on Hot 97 say it. It's the rule of 10. Uh, three people are going to love it. Three people are going to hate it. And four people don't care. And I think about that a lot. And I think that kind of helps me like balance out my feelings for stuff like this. If you, All I'm saying is that I want the show to get bigger and I want the show to get better. And I really, really want to share this experience of making a podcast with everybody. That's why the $10 tier is the shot before a live studio audience tier, because I think it's, it's neat that everybody gets to see how the show is made and you get to become part of the show. So if you have a chance, please check it out. I love you very much. Thank you. So before I went to go get started, I messaged Kyle and I start recording at about 8.30 Mountain Standard Time. And I messaged Kyle. I was like, Kyle, is there any news that I missed? I feel like last week was so robust with news. We talked about how uh, Xbox is kind of killing it. And by it, I do mean the industry <laughs> when it comes to video games. Because they've bought everything. And I mean everything. 
and they are want to buy a Nintendo. And we had a lot to talk about. And I was messaging Kyle, I'm like, Kyle, what is there to even talk about this week? I, I feel like we had everything and now we have not as much. And he was like, well, Jim Ryan left PlayStation. Like, so nonchalant. He goes, Jim Ryan left PlayStation. I went, what? He's like, yeah, Jim Ryan left PlayStation. And I was like, oh, okay. So I wanted to talk about it, but I literally found out about it uh, 15 minutes before I was going to start recording. And I just didn't have time to get any notes. So Jim Ryan is the CEO of Sony Interactive Interactive Entertainment. And I'm just, I have my phone in front of me because as far as I know, this just happened. This article from Bloomberg was posted three hours ago. Updated September 27th, 2023 at 3.33 p.m. PDT. Jim Ryan, chief executive officer of, of Sony Interactive Entertainment, is stepping down after 30 years with the company. The boss of Sony's lucrative PlayStation video game unit will retire in March of 2024, said the company. So this dude's been around forever. Jesus. He was appointed CEO in 2019, but joined in 1994. What year did the first PlayStation come out? 1994. According Damn. to Britannica... The PlayStation was released in Japan in December 1994, and it made its American debut in September 1995. Both releases elicited critical acclaim and impressive sales. Damn, okay, I didn't realize the PlayStation was that old. I mean, I think I think PS2 came out in 2000. So the guy's pretty much been there since the beginning. Uh, he wasn't appointed until 2019, but still, he's been there for a, for a minute. He's been there. He's been there for every PlayStation. And, you know, PlayStation, I feel like, is is kind of... Uh, it's in a good spot if you're a PlayStation fan, but everything is on Xbox right now to the point where I was like a diehard PlayStation... Not diehard, but I was pretty much like, I'm not going back to Xbox because of everything that happened with the One. And uh, now that Starfield is out, and I saw the backwards compatibility for the Xbox Series X, I'm kind of like, ooh, I should have been playing this one more. But there's, you know, the new Spider-Man's going to come out... Um, and, I, and I'm very much a believer in that this next Spider-Man is going to be much of the same. Not in a bad way, but from everything I heard pertaining to God of War, it's a very good game. It feels like a lot of the same. It doesn't feel like a ton was different. I watched my brother play quite a bit of the new God of, God of War Ragnarok. But uh, Venom for Spider-Man is so much like the Joker for Batman. I'm just tired of seeing it. He has so many other bad guys other than Venom. Other than the Green Goblin, other like it's Batman. Okay, here is the Joker. Cool. Who are we gonna get next? Have you guys seen the Joker? Like, give me a free, give me freeze. Like, uh, let me go on a Batman tangent. The ending. I'm not gonna spoil the ending of the Batman from like last year or two years ago. Uh, the ending of the Batman would lead perfectly into freeze, freezing things. That's all I'll say. But it leads perfectly into that. <laughs> so you know spider-man's gonna come out it's gonna be a good game even though miles morales in that game seems like a dude i could beat up which shouldn't happen uh and nobody in that game has a new york accent but whatever no none of the main characters have a new york accent but whatever it's fine i guess right what does a gotham accent sound like anyway Jim Ryan has been there for a while, and I'm kind of hoping that if he is stepping down next year, that when everything ramps up from the next dude who's going to be in charge, who's going to be making these decisions, hopefully we get a little more aggression. Maybe we, we get some more robustness. 
uh, maybe we get a little bit of that from what's going to happen next with PlayStation. I'm not clamoring to get a PlayStation anymore. Like, it was a joke amongst my friends that I was like, oh, I gotta get one, oh, I gotta get one, oh, I gotta get one. I even have a friend who, like, I've been joking saying they were gonna buy me one for a hot minute. But it's like, it's not, like, I, I don't care. Like, if I don't get one, like, if the next PlayStation Slim or Pro or whatever it is comes out, and it's like, yeah, sure. But as of today recording, I think tomorrow is Last of Us's Outbreak Day. And I, I, they said there's no game coming out. Nothing about the show is going to be said. And I'm like, I don't really care then, to be completely honest. Like, what are you going to do? Oh, hey, here's some merch you can buy. It's got Ellie's Switchblade, and it's got a picture of Joel playing golf. Like, I don't, like, what, I, give me the game. Give me Factions. Give me The Last of Us Part 3, which I know isn't going to come out to the end of the PS5. So maybe that's when I get a PS5. I'm not going to get a PlayStation until another Last of Us comes out. Just, I, I don't know. I wish I could talk about it more. I really did. I really thought I'd be able to, but I can't because it just happened. So I didn't have, in my, you know, view, it just happened. I didn't really have time to sit down and talk. Or excuse me. I didn't have time to sit down and research notes on who Jim Ryan was when the PlayStation 1 came out. All these other fun things. <sighs> Guys, I want to talk about the Patreon real quick. I want to get into the lore, but before I get into the lore, I have to talk about the Patreon. Like I said earlier at the top of the program, because of the Patreon, the show can get bigger and better, and it can make the show have more resources. If there's a little bit of money coming into the show, I can buy things, I can try things. I want to get interviews with people, and I'm just always afraid that they're going to ask for a lot of money. And I don't have a lot of money. So if I have something like Patreon, I can have people on and I can talk to people. And, and, you know, there's a few things that I'd really, really like to do. Anyway, there's some people that have been contributing to the show getting made. And I have to thank them real quick. Starting at the top, I have to thank the OG Noah. Thank you, Noah. After Noah, I have to thank Danny. Thank you, Danny. After Danny, I have to thank Marcus. Thank you, Marcus. After Marcus, I have to thank Mellow Millhouse. Thank you to Mellow Millhouse. And last, but certainly not least, I have to thank Captain Lennox. Thank you to Captain Lennox. Because if you guys, like I've said, the show continues to grow and get bigger and better and stronger, you could change your your pledge at any point in time. And, and at the $10 tier, don't forget, there is the filmed live before a studio audience tier. Go ahead and check that out if you are interested. Thank you for doing such. I love you. So every week... I ask a question in the Patreon from the $1 tier to the $10 tier. Your voice is heard when it comes time to choose this week's lore. And I wanted to do a vault. I don't feel like there's many vaults that I haven't talked about yet. I feel like the number of vaults that I still need to talk about is getting slimmer and slimmer. There's two vaults that uh, I, I were weighing on my mind that I was thinking about recently. And one of them I've only ever done once. One of them is from New Vegas, and I've only ever done once, Vault 11. And there's also Vault 75 from Fallout 4 that I remember finding and being in there and then leaving and never thinking about ever again, never hearing anybody talk about it. Nothing. Um, I... I I actually did Vault 11 on stream. If you've been following me for a minute, the NCR Chuck streams, which there is a playlist on the YouTube channel if you're interested in like a long play version of, of New Vegas. 
uh, me and an old friend of mine went through and we played New Vegas together with a, we role played a character named Mencio Chuck, who's kind of a, a borderline jingoist. The mother, his mother was uh, a follower and his father was a NCR soldier and kind of followed in those footsteps. One was a bureaucrat. One of his brothers was a bureaucrat. It was a whole story that we had developed. His mother was from a tribe that we made up in Mexico called the Tortuga tribe. I did this vault for the first time there, Vault 11. And Vault 75, like I said, I just found it out of nowhere. So I went to the Patreon and I asked the question, what do you want to hear? Do you want to hear about Vault 11 or do you want to hear about Vault 75? And would you believe the poll was a tie? <laughs> uh, so I flipped a coin and then I realized mid-flip, don't flip a coin. I have a bias when it comes to these games. I'm very much aware of that. I haven't done, also because it's harder to do it in the older engines, I haven't done lore on Fallout 1 or 2 in a very long time because of how hard it is to capture footage of that uh, for the show. It's just increasing. It just, it's, I can't, like, in Fallout 3 or New Vegas, I can spawn in. In Fallout 4, I kind of have a hard time. And everybody who's been listening to the show for a while kind of knows where I stand with Fallout 4. And I'm starting, it's starting to grow on me more and more as time goes on. But I said, no matter what the coin flip comes out to, cover Fallout 4. So if you'd like to hear any lore, and I mean any lore whatsoever, consider checking out the Patreon. Because even if you're at the $1 tier all the way up to the top tier of $10, your voice is heard once a week when I ask, what lore would you like to hear? I put a poll, your voice is heard, and I choose whichever wins the poll. By way of Patreon, this week's lore comes to us hot and fresh on Vault 75. Now, if you're a Fallout fan, you know about the vaults. The original name for the Fallout series was going to be called Vault 13, and it was going to be about, well, it is about you going to find the water chip. So the, the vaults are such a core part to the game. And they should be reflected, in my opinion, they should be reflected on to be a storytelling aspect to show it greed and control and power does to a person. And how it can be most likely a bad thing. So, you get Vault 75, located under the Malden Middle School in Boston, in Massachusetts. Now, this, this vault, the overseer is never directly named, but it is known that she is female. The experiment was the refinement of human genetics. It had selective breeding, genetic modifications, and hormonal therapy. I've been talking a lot about the Xbox lately. And the other day at the gym, I ran, I usually run, I ran five and a half miles and I listened to the Halo 3 soundtrack and I cried pretty much the whole time. Kind of joking. This experiment reminded me so much of the Spartan program. Uh, and if you don't know, Spartan children were uh, stolen from, these from the parents of these kids they cloned them, and I don't remember if the kids were given back or if they killed the original kids, and then the clones were raised to be soldiers, and that's why Master Chief is supposed to be just a man with a mission. He's a dude in a suit with his only identity being this, I need to just follow orders. I, need, I'm, I am a trained super soldier, right? So this reminded me of that quite a bit. 
This was planned to last many generations, and in order to have a race of super soldier children, human embryos were experimented on. You know who else experimented on human children embryos? That's right, the Nazis. In the event of a nuclear holocaust, the school would be a safe haven for the school's ch children, for the students of the school, and their parents, and the subsequent teachers. Now, in 2277, October 23rd of 2277, every student with their families and teachers made their way to the school. Uh, then the children were separated and went to the atrium, and the family and the teachers were moved to another part of the building, and they were murdered. These children are separated from their parents, from the people they trust the most, their caregivers, their, their, their guardians, and then they're murdered. So they can separate the kids from the parents. But the kids were told that their parents were just going to orientation. Now this was, this was kind of chilling to read because I, I can imagine this. I could imagine, especially if you go to a school in America, you could, you could imagine what it's like to know that people are being murdered inside of it. It's chilling to think that there's kids that are just being separated from their parents and then is, are then told lies. I'll explain what I mean by lies in just a second, but... Imagine taking a nine-year-old away from his parents and the nine-year-old is scared because everything outside is gone. Everything that you've ever cared about has, is, is vanished, is vaporized, everything is destroyed. The, 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 the law and order is now gone. There is no law and nothing resembling order for at least the first 30 years, in my opinion. Like, nothing is going to happen. It, it, it's, it's going to be pandemonium. This kid just watched his entire world burn. It's maybe him, let's say a nine-year-old, his little seven-year-old sister, and they are marched into a different part of the building, sans their parents, and on the other side of the wall where they are given their speech about what is going to happen to them, their parents are currently being murdered. The children were raised on horror stories that were from what were called the Up Top Land. This was Vault Tech's nickname for the Wasteland. Graduation would happen for these students when they were old enough and strong enough to go to Up Top Land and save people. So I get all of my lore off of fallout.fandom.com, a great wiki, the Nukipedia, if you will. It's a great wiki where they have, it, it's, it's great for resources like this, where you can check in, see what you need and what have you. Reading something like this and understanding what this is and how the wiki's written, how the games are written, that it just kind of lets your mind wander. Were these kids told that you're going to be a big, strong man, woman, or they, and you're going to go up top and you're going to kill anybody who gets in between you and what is righteous and what is good and what is glorious? And think about what that does to a child's mind. What that does to a child who is a little more... And this is also, like, kids today are different. Kids today, like, bullying doesn't exist for kids today. Everyone's just nice to each other, apparently. Not that I talk to a lot of kids. But, like, from what I understand from my brother and from my friends, like, nieces and nephews that are younger, like, bullying doesn't happen. Now, I could be wrong, but from these two instances, from these anecdotal evidence that I have, that's what I've seen. And... Imagine just a kid who's a bully goes, oh, I'm going to get big and strong. Like, I'm going to go up to up top land and I'm just going to make what I want of mine. Like, I'm just going to take what belongs to me. 
and that's just you're you're breeding just mental illness man like you're just you're just hurting people but it's it's vault tech and these these experiments were to continue until vault tech said hey stop which made me think there has to be some faction of vault tech that's out there that is still operating because so many times do you hear from these vaults saying okay when we give out the all clear but then they don't. But then there's like certain times where the all clear was given a couple of days later, which I could expect. Not everybody's dead in the first month, but a large portion of people would be. And it's just, I'm wondering in what Fallout game will we meet a genuine Vault Tech representative that isn't just the guy from the beginning of Fallout 4 who was like, hey, come buy real estate in the underground. When, once you hit 18 years of age inside the vault, the most intelligent and physically fit were convinced they needed to take a vaccine to harvest their genetics. It's never stated exactly what process is used to har harvest these genetics, but it's implied that it's some sort of either organ harvesting or, or uh, breeding or storage of the species, of the specimen in some capacity. So imagine being 18, your hormones are going crazy, you could bench press 350, and you have the, the, the IQ of a genius, and the nice fella who still works for the school, quote unquote, school, vault what have you, goes, hey, go in that room and breed. What do you think happens? What do you think happens once they do that? And, and, and possibly it wasn't even that it was them breeding. It was most likely them just taking DNA that they needed. Again, this is something that the way the, the wiki's written, the way that the game is written, it doesn't tell you exactly how the process is done. And it really lets your mind wander. While I was doing this, while I, reading this off of the uh, Nukipedia, I kept thinking of Logan's Run. Kind of like a, a very barbaric very primal version of logan's run and for those who don't know logan's run is a, is a post-apocalyptic movie which i uh reviewed with my friend kyle there would be a little thing in the corner right here for that review if you're curious but it's about a society where once you hit a certain age i believe it's 30 once you hit 30 you are recycled and you are you do this process and this whole thing, and then you follow Logan and how Logan uh, chases runners or people that are trying to escape death, and it reminded me of that. And I wouldn't be surprised if that was an inspiration for this. But again, Voltec has the ability to—they built this school, like they got money. They had—they built this school. It was a functioning school. They built a vault underneath it. They have the ability to put cryogenic, cryogenic. Uh, pods like they have in vault 111 and it's in boston already like it's not far from it you could just put a few of them there so they, let's say they have eight and they've got eight generations of kids they drop off the seed that they need so they can breed and then all of a sudden you have another generation and another generation and another generation and then once the guy who's in the last again this is not stated this is speculation this is what the game does correctly because in the notes when you read the terminals it's it states that the vault is much bigger than it lets on for be it that something collapsed or you just it's inaccessible it implies that the vault is much 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 bigger so maybe they have something like this of just people, kids, 18-year-old kids, just frozen in stasis. If the kids were not up to the call 
they were not up to snuff. They were not what the vault tech people deem strong enough, smart enough, any of that. Uh, they were killed. And their bodies were then incinerated after their graduation ceremony. A little party saying, you did it. Uh, again, not much is stated. And in my mind, they drank the Kool-Aid. Like it was, hey, kids, we're having a party. You want a drink? Next thing you know, they're gone. By 2287, the vault has been abandoned. And at some point in time, there was some sort of a rebellion. And it's believed through notes in the, the terminals that it, it was possibly done by someone who had graduated and found out what was going on. And they said enough is enough of this. It is now a hub for uh, gunners and various other raiding activities that go on in the vault. Uh, this is kind of where it, they've taken refuge. If you have access to a vault, you have access to one of the strongest buildings, facilities, what have you, that you could possibly have access to. Just some quick notes for you. Both Vault 75 and Vault 95 from Fallout 4 are the only two vaults that do not have obtainable jumpsuits. This is one of the locations where you can take followers with you and they will comment on what the vault looks like they'll comment on things about the vault kate says when you enter we'll all be damned another vault cogsworth can say in the combat training room curious it's a replica of the surface i wonder what it was used for curie can say my vault had us conducting secret experiments on the residents perhaps the same is true for this one dance will say when you enter the combat training room it's a training yard was vault tech training their own private military Sorry, excuse me, private army. D Hancock will enter and just go, hello. <laughs> McCready will say, uh, in the basement of a school, vault tech was running out of ideas when you enter. Val Nick Valentine will say when you get to the combat room, now this feels like home. Preston Garvey said they, if they just waited till after the war, they, they wouldn't have needed to go through all this trouble building all of this when they get to the combat room. It's about all I have for you this week on vault 75 a fun vault a neat idea i just wish i remember this vault more i wish this vault was i think i did it super early on to be completely honest i think i like found it and was like cool and then went to go do everything else and then i beat the game and i was 150 hours in and i was like gonna take a break from this one for a little bit uh my second playthrough i'll do it and then you know i was out of high school so i didn't really have a high school amount of time so i just started doing something else but that, my friends, is this week's lore. So I don't know if you guys heard or not. Welcome to Third Segment, by the way. I don't know if you guys heard or not, but the, the SAG-AFTRA part of the strike is over. One of the striking people, uh, the striking groups have said that they're no longer striking. As of, I believe it was 9.27 at midnight 01, they said that the strike was over and we no longer needed to strike. One group, as far as I know, is still striking. I, I, I have some of the some of their demands that they came to an agreement on. This is just some of them, like I said. Uh, one of them being a 12.5% pay increase that's going to steadily go over five years. And there's something that it's an immediate 5% boost. And then over time, it's going to increase even more. A 76% increase on residuals and a massive bump in streaming revenue. Now, what I took from this is that you're going to get almost double what you were getting to begin with if you're working on a streamed program. The way streaming was set up, if I am correct, 
is that if you were on a streaming service, it wasn't looked at the same as television, so you didn't get the same amount of residuals. So say I'm on an episode of New Girl, and New Girl has been airing for the past decade, and I'm on a rerun that plays, say, once a week in a bunch of different locations. I'll get a residual check for being on screen in perpetuity until they stop airing that. There's, uh, I grew up as a big Simpsons kid, and there was a thing that people that had written songs for The Simpsons, because of the way television and music works, they to this day are getting checks for like 98 cents, $4, 10 bucks, 15 at most. And they just keep getting them because that's how the business works. So I would keep getting that in perpetuity, but if it's on Netflix, it's not the same, or it's on Hulu or what have you, it's not the same. So you're going to be getting something for that but also netflix is like notorious for not telling people how things do when it's on netflix like for instance i've heard many a comedian go hey netflix how's my special doing and the netflix will say it's doing great comedian everybody's loving it and then the comedian will go well how many people have watched it and netflix pretty much goes tons and now they're going to be giving. I think I, it's, I think I actually have it as a separate note. Let me see. Bonus is based on number of people watching. I'm assuming that goes for both television and for streaming services. And general rules and regulations with AI with AI's writing process, which is great because AI is uh, not super scary. It's scary in the sense that I can like have a paper written, but I listened to this thing on NPR was very much that AI is just predicting the next thing that's going to be said. So a lot of time, if you need AI to say something quick and short, it can. But if you need AI to say something that's like significant, like a script, you know, like a pitch, it'll just find itself in loops where it's just predicting the same shit over and over and over and over and over again. So it's scary, but it's not like AI is going to write something entirely. There's also rules being set into place because there was an anime that used AI to create its backgrounds, but then AI is stealing from pre-made art, so it's kind of stealing from everything, right? All this happened because of labor laws. All of this happened because of unionization. If you work a shit job where you are mistreated, get together with your fellow co-workers and talk about unionization. Talk about it. I believe, if I'm correct, in the U.S., to start a union, you only need 40%. A union guarantees better wages, holidays off. It guarantees that you're spoken to like a human. It guarantees that you are protected at your job. A union is, if you work at a grocery store, if you work at a, at a Kroger, a King Supers, you work at a Safeway, you work at an Aldi's, a, a Walmart, a Target, all these little, I don't even know if unions are like a thing outside of America, but if you work any sort of factory, Amazon, if you work at Amazon, if you work at Amazon, if you're listening to this currently and you work at an Amazon, get some people together and talk about unionization. If you want to be respected at work, here's the thing. If you're not going to respect me at work, pay me well. The people that are in management do not, like, you don't work for them. They should be working for you. You should have a union. If you feel that it is necessary, if you feel it is going to keep you safe at work, 
unions are good for you. You should, you should fight to have one. This country was built on union labor. Unions have slowly gone away. But here's my thing. The cops have them. The, the, the police union is the strongest union in America. And what happens when a cop kills an innocent, unarmed black person? They get paid leave. Why? Because of their union. If they can benefit from it, so can we. So, now we have our entertainment back, right? I don't think video game, the video game industry went into a strike. It, they were planning to go into a strike, and it would have crippled entertainment. Video games have been unreasonably good this year, right? We've gotten Starfield, Baldur's Gate 3, we're going to get Spider-Man. There's been some other stuff that I'm totally blanking on. But just this year has... I think that, that John Hex game that I wanted to try came out. I might look into that game. That Cowboy game. That came out this year. Maybe it's not called John Hex. Anyway, a bunch of really good stuff came out this year. And it's really good. Imagine if this could be next year. I mean, this is all because of COVID. Like, we're getting all the good stuff now because we didn't get it two years ago or a year ago because of COVID. And it'll, you know, it'll trickle in. Uh, I think Elden Ring came out this year? Or did it come out last year? I think it came out last year. Just all this good stuff is coming out. That's the point I'm making. Is everything, a lot of good stuff has come out. And imagine if that just came to a halt. And we wouldn't even see the halt for another year or two, maybe three. But I'm just saying, like, this is a good thing. And now television and movies are going to be written even better because people are going to be compensated and they're not going to have to worry about work. They're not going to have to worry about, oh, I got to do all this extra stuff so I could eat. They're going to be compensated. They're going to be living better. And when, when, the, when, when the cogs of the machine, the, the lowest level of employees are taken care of and their pay increases, so does everybody above them. Their pays increase as well. Because when people are happy, they're willing to work harder. I work a piece of shit job. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie. We talk about unionizing all the time, but I work with old people, and old people hear union and they think that means the mafia. So we'll say something and they'll be like, Oh, you communist children. It's like, no, I just want to be respected at work. I just want to be paid fairly. If I'm paid $10, $10 more an hour for doing my job when the company is making money hand over fist, I don't want to get too much into my personal life here, but if you knew what I did and how much the higher ranks of people made, you'd be disgusted and you would start boycotting certain things. They can pay it. Don't ever sit there and be like, oh, they're going to increase the prices on things. Things, The price of things are going to re increase regardless. They can pay it. They just don't want their yearly bonus. That's half of their salary. They don't want to give that up. I'm happy to say that the people that should be getting paid more. Here's the thing, too. COVID happened. What did we do? We hunkered down and we watched television. Can you imagine if television sucked? Could you imagine if movies were just bad? Could you imagine if the writing for everything you loved was awful? Entertainment's important. I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, I'm an actor with billions. Yeah, this isn't about them. I don't care about Margot Robbie. I don't care about the dude who played Oppenheimer. I care about the people that are doing the labor of the job, people that are editing, people that are holding microphones, people that are lighting things. People that are doing the labor of the job. Those are the people who matter in this. 
That's really all I have for you this week. I hope you enjoyed. My name has been Vince. If you like the intro music, it's by the one and only Shane Ivers. You can get a, a you can get his song that I use for the intro. It's called Feather Duster. You can get it in the link below. SilvermanSounds.com slash free music for all of his heaters or Feather Duster at the end of that for my song. Check out the Patreon. Thank you to the people who have already been donating. Check out the Patreon if you like the show, though. There's also a link to the Redbubble down there where you can get some merch based on the programs for uh, any Ghoulman Entertainment program. There's also a link to my Twitter, the show's Twitter, Kyle's Twitter, and the Discord. Check out the Discord we all, we're in there, we're talking, we're laughing, we're goofing, we're gaffing, we're having a good old time. It's really everything I have for you guys this week. I hope you guys are having fun. I hope you, get, hope you guys feel respected and loved. I hope you guys are working hard. I hope that you are doing everything that you need to do to make you a happier, better person. I love you very much, and I'll be seeing you next week. Bye, everybody. Atomic Radio Hour Podcast. This has been a production made by your friends at Goldman Entertainment.